0: <laughs> Beverly Hills.
1: <laughs> hey dude. I'm um, just let me try to get my headphones hooked up here and then we'll <clears throat> then we'll go for it.
0: But what if I don't like you to use your headphones, daddy o
1: <laughs> You just want me you just want me to just like blast out Mrs. Beverly Hills
0: What soothing tones is the dirty dog's voice, Jack?
1: <laughs> the most soothing of toads
0: that's for darn sure so are you ready for today's podcast huh yeah definitely man so I have a great idea for the show opening okay what's that <laughs> let me tell you the idea <laughs> from the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and mastery Street, Minnesota who downloaded main event Status radio with your home. Mr. Beverly Hill 210, and the dirty dog dirty. I hit the record button and welcome back to Mid Event Status Radio recorded live on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> I am the dirty Dog Darcy joining <laughs> me as always here in the nine zero two one zero Mister Beverly thrills the villain. Got it, of California.
1: I when I saw that you wrote in a in an email earlier this week that I was the California villain. I was like, that's probably the greatest nickname I've ever seen. Um, the villain of California, the California villain. I will take that. Uh, take it to the bank. I'd love to. Um, to uh, patent that, uh, if if possible. So, um, if I see people using the California villain, you will be prosecuted. Just throwing it out there.
0: If you are the Californian villain, would that make me the Minnesotan villain?
1: I think you're the Minnesota dog. <laughs> that that makes sense, Mister Beverly Thrills. Yeah, I I think so. So, how's your week been? Um, good. uh, uh um, long. All right. I don't know. How about you?
0: Mine's been long too. Yeah, we've been putting in long, long days the last few weeks since the end of the, it's the college semester and all that. And coworkers are are uh, leaving for the summer and all that, so we've been putting in okay extra long days. But it's a paycheck,
1: so I can't complain too much about that. Okay, I was gonna ask you why they were, they were longer. Like, I was wondering. Yeah, I know you guys ship a lot of like. Um, Like tractor parts and stuff. So, I was wondering if now that planting is really like heating up, if that was the reasoning, but I don't, maybe not. Not, well, somewhat, but just, you
0: know, yeah, like I said, with college students, uh leaving more for that. The, yeah, for the summer and all that, that we're losing more, losing a few people and all that okay. kind of stuff. So, okay, it's, it's, just it's being short staffed. Yeah. More, okay. Shorter okay. staffed than what we have been. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that always sucks. So, Mr. Beverly Hills. What's up? What are we doing for this very, very special podcast?
1: (laughs) All right. Well, we are, you know, we're kind of in a transitionary period. We told you all that we're getting into the kind of mega series of WCW with um, the death of WCW eight part or question mark part series (laughs) and then (laughs) and then the road to bash at the beach 96 so we thought american bash at the beach gorilla right exactly so we thought that doing a little i guess what we've kind of um titled the main event extra Uh, Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea, and it could be a fun way to just transition us into um, that big series and just kind of be a fun time just kind of spitball a few topics at each other.
0: I kind of got this idea from a few different podcasts that I listen to that just have the host come on and chit-chat and talk about, well, those podcasts, they talk about kind of like the current events of pro wrestling in the week, but... Since we don't cover current events of pro wrestling, we just thought, you know, just like a normal discussion that we have whenever we hang out back in the day of mm-hmm. co- back when we were in college and all that. <laughs> Yo. So I guess one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Mister Beverly Hills. All right, is
1: what did you want to talk to me about?
0: Podcasting. Okay. Did you ever thought you and I would actually get down? And do our own <laughs> podcast.
1: Oh, man. I don't know. I'm not sure if I, like, really felt like we ever would. You know, we... um, I don't know. We always talked about it, but... I mean, the thing that's really, like, helped, I think, everybody is just... I guess to boil it down would just be Skype. But in general, just, like, the ease now of podcasting technology. Like if you remember back when we started like talking about podcasting, the the steps and the um you know software and hosting and all that was really pretty complicated. Um, and it was a lot of steps and a lot more money than it costs now. I mean, now you know when you look at GarageBand, it isn't that. My comes on a Mac. When you look at, um, you know, Skype is free. It's, it's you know, and I think that was our biggest hurdle. What I don't know. What do you think? Yeah,
0: just that one of us getting a Mac and yep. learning the programming to, I just get it, get the podcast up and on the road is, yeah, you know, one thing that. I I thought you know uh, the, us talked about the us doing a podcast. Thought it'd be a great way to open up. The, I guess the first first main event extra because yeah. yeah, like you said, we've been talking about this ever since. I think we've <laughs> we together for the semester, if not before.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was six years ago at this point.
0: So yeah, we uh, we've been talking about that. Well, we we've been doing this for almost a year, so we've been talking about it for like five years to do, <laughs> right. to do the podcast, and we we finally did it yeah i guess yes, you're correct what's did you, have you ever talked to mother and father hills and sister hills about <laughs> about us doing a podcast
1: um i think mother and father hills i have because i think i've just been like oh yeah i whatever i can't come over saturday because i'm uh, you know, podcasting with eric for an hour they're like oh that's cool <laughs> that, that's it really they don't, haven't okay. offered too many <laughs> too much thought on it uh i don't know how about the people in your life you you got a lot of support i think in general yeah, well, right? i don't know
0: mother d knows that uh, that you and I have been wanting to do this for years so if she was supportive the uh, only time she listens to the podcast is if, promotion, much in post-production, that we're cruising back and forth to, like, Walmart or whatever else. <laughs> if I have it playing in the car, then she'll listen to it, and and uh, Daddy Sunshine, who's been, I'll say, a guest on the podcast, yes. he yep. finally got an iPod, and I forced him to sit down and download all of our podcasts to listen to it, so whenever he gets a
1: chance to. <laughs> forced him to? <laughs> And, uh, my I guess that's one way to continue this, just to just force people. <laughs> what can I say? I put him in a in a,
0: in a hammer lock and told him to a sleep hold. It. You yeah, put him so in a sleep
1: hold, then you steal his the patented Dallas sleep hold. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and our other brother Nate,
0: he's nah, whatever. He just listens likes, likes listening to music, so whatever. And my okay. niece, she's like, well, at first when she. When we were playing Risk one one day back in November during our WCCW series, I had it playing on the radio when we were playing Risk, and she's like, <laughs> "Like, what are we listening to?" And I told
1: her, "You know, I'm you know listening to the podcast." Your niece is, is seventy four years old. That's pretty odd. <laughs> yes, and I told to her we're place. listening to our
0: the podcast. She's like, <laughs> "What's a podcast?" And I thought. <laughs> <laughs> i laughed at that because she's only like 13 and i thought she'd be farther along te- in the technology scene than i would be
1: god those freaking teachers couldn't they teach her better and get her on the podcast dude? yes <laughs> I actually I have, my, I have my kids listen to podcasts by the way so good i'm happy to hear that mr beverly hills <laughs> i hope they also listen to our podcast uh no That would be a that would be a big no. (laughs) (laughs) I just say hello,
0: hello, Mr. Hills the students.
1: No. And I apologize for that, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess what's I guess what's your overall thoughts on podcasting overall because I feel like you're probably the one who got me into listening to podcast. Wrestling podcast that is I should say.
1: I you know it's I mean now at this point in 2015 I feel like we're like inundated with podcasts you know they're they're just really everywhere and um which is good and bad. I mean I feel like the you know the bad thing is that that it just seems like everyone who has a microphone has their own podcast <laughs> um you know whether <clears throat> whether they should or not so that I mean that's the downfall, but the good thing is that um for the most part, you know ninety nine point nine percent of them are free, and all you need to do is just hit that delete button you know the, you know you don't have to listen to all of them because there's not a monetary contribution, and that's one of the things that um again, as podcasting has really evolved over the last when did I start listing? I suppose like almost 10 years ago, you know, where there were very few options, it seemed. Um, and now, you know, there's just so many um, that you can really pick and choose, you know. And and also, you know, now I think that, you know, there's really the trend of like the big, like kind of conglomerated feeds um, where, you know, people are joining in on different networks, if you will you know all you got to do is just pick the ones you like. Uh so, so it's become easier <clears throat> in the sense that you can you can get the ones you want and really kind of ignore the ones you don't, which is an advantage. Yeah, because I, I
0: I want to kind of piggyback with what you said. I feel like now in 2015 it's a lot easier to find the niche podcasting that you yeah. that you want out. So we're doing a wrestling podcast. You know if you want you know specifically reviews of shows yes. or pay per views, we primarily do that, yeah. And if you want, or if you just want discussions of current events and pro wrestling, you know, there's other podcasts out there or whatever right. else. So it's nice to, yeah, like you said, find a podcast that you like and subscribe to it.
1: And I mean, there's really everything, right? Like, there's reviews of you know as specific as it gets reviews of ECW pay-per-views reviews of, you know, NWI pay-per-views review, a uh, random reviews like us, you know, just like, and, and I think that's awesome. Like there's never a bad thing about variety. You know, variety is never a disadvantage in life. It is as they would say, the spice of life.
0: <laughs> we like it very spicy baby. If you will.
1: Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I guess I'll kick it to you you on couple uh next couple topics.
1: righty. All righty, brother. Let me pull it up. <clears throat> okay. My first topic. So super random. I literally like when you said um what you know, just get some things you'd like to talk about. I was like, alright, man, just it's gonna be super random because I'm just gonna think about whatever's on the top of my head. Um what is your first, just kind of general opinion, but then maybe more specific um, about masked wrestlers. What's your opinion of masked wrestlers? <laughs> what? I just laughed. I, said, because had- I never expect,
0: I didn't expect to talk about masked wrestlers, Gorilla. <laughs> uh, I guess overall, I guess kind of like we're, what you were saying about podcasting, you know, it's, it's a niche. Okay, you yeah. Know, you know, we had have the, uh, Lucha is, you know, down in Mexico, I guess that was, I guess Mexican wrestling made it famous to be mask wrestlers to, I guess, characters like Mankind and Kane that had variations of a mask, Not uh, or yeah. Vader, too, I guess, not have sure. a full
1: mask. Yeah, like the full face-covered mask, yeah. yeah.
0: So I guess, I feel like nowadays, uh, I guess the WWE has some mask wrestlers, but yeah, I guess they
1: do one more, right?
0: Yeah, I just feel like they don't really have. At least compared to back, let say, the mid 90s when we grew up, does not really like that there isn't as many masked wrestlers in American professional wrestling as there used to be, which I guess, kind of think about it now, I, I kind of miss. So I kind of like seeing wrestlers like Vader or Mankind who have the, like a half mask kind of thing. Okay. And, and all that, and all that that you can kind of. See what they really look like, but when you still kind of intrigues you on wonder, wanting to know know what they actually look like with their mask off
1: sure sure i i don't know i just really i don't know even know why that popped in my head i just it was interesting to me um i, I yeah, I like mask wrestlers i think i I'm just with like the whole idea of that wrestling's really a variety show and the more things that you can have that attract people the better it is you know if and the more that everyone looks the same the less attractive it is and the less intrigued i am i don't know i guess i um, guess that
0: that makes sense to kind of go off with of that right. I know. I think we've talked about this before, like with current pro pro wrestlers, like Vince McMahon Alex and WWE wants pro muscular bodybuilding professional or like pro athletes as professional yeah. wrestlers, and that kind of bothers me. bothers me because look at well I said you know, I brought up Vader and Mankind, you know, yep. a couple of minutes. Those, ago.
1: Are, those are two perfect examples, actually.
0: Yeah, that you, you know who who's to say that if they try to break broke in the in the pro wrestling nowadays who says that they would even make it since right. you know they're i guess like the average american you know overweight
1: so i <laughs> I, get, mean, I don't know if i'd say that vader's the average american because he's freaking awesome he's like because he's like six not. six and like 350 like well, he's I, a badass but, know, but i know what you mean yeah he's, i guess he's no he's no uh you know alex Riley. I yeah. think that's the first thing I think of because like he has very little talent but he's got the build that they're looking for. Yeah, so
0: I guess that's one thing I, I appreciate about I guess our our podcast that we you know we want to review shows from the mid nineties when we grew up because that's what got us into wrestling and it's interesting to see I guess even look back at Wrestling Eleven series, you know, guys like the one, two, three kid to Shawn Michaels to Sid to Undertaker, yeah. you know, we to King Kong Bundy we have you know, small guys who are quick. Mm -hmm. We got tall guys who suck. We got fat guys who (laughs) look like Easter eggs. We got (laughs) 13-year-old punk kids and all that. So, I guess I just, you know, kind of tied it in with Masked Wrestling. I guess I enjoy having a variation in my professional wrestling.
1: Sure. No, I'm right with you. Then to go along with that, kind of like my secondary question, like my question B of this, whatever, would be, um, do you... Now, I know we've had one, so whatever, kind of makes my question moot, but do you think a masked wrestler will ever be the world heavyweight champion again, I guess? Rey Mysterio was already, but I will say again.
0: I guess. Are you thinking about something like a luchador from, I guess, yeah, a luchador. I would from. think,
1: yeah, I would think more luchador. Okay. This may something. And, spir- and even if I want to spiral, and even if I want to spiral, I'll spiral this off. I'll make it even more general. Do you think that, sorry, do you think that there will ever be a champion where English is their second language?
0: wasn't a, a Ber- Alberto Del Rio
1: wasn't English his second language mm-hmm. I guess I'm uh I I guess but he was very fluent I okay. would say someone someone that isn't fluent in English is what I'm kind of saying okay.
0: I guess to kind of tie it in with what I guess your main question too I guess in WWE sense since I feel like I'm more able to speak on that than anything else Yeah, oh, yeah I, don't, for sure. I don't know with the current regime That we'd be able to with under Vince.
1: Okay. Since Vince yeah. seems, he pretty, seems really anti.
0: Yeah, maybe with when Triple H finally takes over and has oh, does Triple H and Stephanie take over, maybe then, since it seems like Triple H kind of has it, Alice has a different mindset and mentality than Vince McMahon does. No, sure. Yeah. So Alice and WWE, I can't see anytime soon. Maybe in other upcoming companies like
1: TNA, ROH, Oh, right. Well, Ring of well, Yeah. Well, Ring of Honor had Takeshi Morishima as the champion for a good part of a year, and he didn't speak English, okay. and he didn't have a and he didn't have a manager. He just would come on, kick people's asses, and he kind of looked like a fat girl. Like, not. I'm not even gonna lie. Like. And that's no offense to fat girls. That's no offense to guys who look like fat girls. But look up a picture of him. He has, like, long hair, straight bangs. He's kind of pudgy. He looks like a fat girl. But he was a freaking badass, and I wouldn't want to get in a ring with him because he'd kick my, you know, patoot all over. Kind of think of
0: it, kind of tied in with your question. I guess, do you feel like the top champion in Lucha Libre, not Lucha Libre, what the heck am I think of Lucha Underground? I don't know Lucha oh, Underground. Okay. Do you feel like who is the champion, Prince Puma, right now? I, I think so. Honestly, okay. I really don't know. I know I've been listening to review, <laughs> weekly reviews, but I, okay, I listen to it at work, and most of the time I just have it sure. on for background noise. Fair enough. But do, I guess do you feel do you feel like Lucha Underground, whoever the top champion is, do you feel like they're, is do you feel like they hold a candle, I guess, to even the mid card champions in WWE? <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I think it's just how you look at it. I, to me, I guess I don't, I'm not trying to like rank everybody. I don't care. (laughs) You know, if I watch the show underground, it's to watch the show underground. And, uh, that's it. I, I guess I'm not comparing so much like, Oh, you know, where does, where does he, is he a better wrestler than whatever? I mean, like, if I want to do that, I'll just like go straight up. Like, on competition and like I would I rather watch a Prince Puma match than a know, who are the mid-card champions I don't know. Uh, I guess Daniel. Daniel Bryan and John Cena. Yeah. I guess I would rather watch a Prince Puma match than a John Cena match. Fair you know. Fair enough. So it, it, like if or like if you go back even I'd rather watch a Prince Puma match than a Dolph Ziggler match. You know, but I mean you know you know me and I think um listeners know me that I'm more toward entertainment than really anything else. And even like on strict match quality. Like I can see that something is sorry, of quality, but that doesn't necessarily make it more watchable to me than something that a lot of people be like, Ugh, blah blah blah. You know, I I'm just for do am I entertained. For Which, yeah, I
0: have to say, just after you mentioned that, I remember you saying, I think, during a couple different reviews that we've done. Yeah. On, like, when we rated a match, you're like, Preach said that, yeah, I was entertained in this match, or I wasn't even, or I was very very little entertained in this match.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that holds way more to me than strict quality. Like, that's not as important to me, I guess. I don't know. All right. You ready for the next one? Yes, I am. Okay. Hmm. I don't know where I want to go here. Um. Let's go. So, okay. So, what I've been watching this week a lot of, Uh-oh. because one of, you might have seen, one of the principals passed away this week. His name was Ron Wright. He... He was an old Southern wrestler. Yes. And what got posted on Twitter by a couple people were some clips from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Okay. So I started watching Smoky Mountain Wrestling and I'm on episode like five or six now. Okay. And I, the thing that I, like, intrigued me or whatever is like who was in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, right? Like, it was a very weird like combination like there was you know Jim Cornette and Paul Orndorf, Barry Horowitz um uh frick you know the guy who would become uh, T.L. Hopper um the Midnight Express or what Heavenly Bodies, yeah, Rock Heavenly Express etc 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 and what that made me think of was like man in 1992 1993 if you would have asked me where is Paul Arndorf, I would have had no clue. Similarly, this makes me think of this one think of this one story that my friends told me they go they went to college in Duluth, right, and there was this like public access show talking about wrestling and <laughs> it wasn't so this was us. like no, this was like two thousand and seven, right, and these two guys are like, oh, "I stumbled across this." this TNA wrestling and you know it's good to see the road dogs up to something you know and it's, <laughs> so I guess I don't even know what like my question is or what, like my topic is but just like the I don't know curiosity of like these intermediate national promotions like <laughs> the or, or I don't know like quasi-regional promotions where there's like People who used to be on the big stage and now they're on like kind of this weird, like purgatory-ish place, like underneath. Yeah. I don't know. I guess when you mention that, I think of Johnny
0: Mundo on in Lucha Underground. Mm, you sure. Know, was, yeah, John Morrison back in WWE. Yeah. I guess to kind of, I guess to kind of keep pushing this uh, idea or this topic along. <laughs> I guess I kind of enjoy that. You know, lucha underground you know you know promotions like that like that ROH TNA I guess I'm happy there's always granted they don't make as much money but I'm happy there's other options out there for wrestlers if they, it just doesn't work out for them in the WWE
1: right it's, and like not nec- sorry and like not necessarily like people on the upswing, like people on the downswing who are just trying to continue their careers, which I think is kind of what you're talking about, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's nice that, you know, I'd love to see, like what we saw in the mid to late 90s. I'd like to see, you know, another big promotion facing WWE, you know, challenging them for the number one spot, but I just can't see that happening anytime soon. But I'm happy that at least there's other promotions out there that they could go... And recraft, recraft their, you know, what they do and all that.
1: Yeah. And like we, you know, we saw kind of in what kind of era? Maybe like between 2000, 2000, 2005, and like 2010, that kind of area, where TNA kind of had their set crew, ROH kind of had their set crew. And there was this really like kind of disconcerting trend of, <clears throat> when guys would get released from WWE, they just retire. And I think that's so sad, right? Yeah. Like, and me, and now maybe this is just like, um, more emblematic of the, the people themselves. Like me, you know, maybe they just weren't into it or yada, yada, yada. But I also think that, you know, it has to do with opportunity and stuff like that. Like I remember when, now, whatever laugh if you will, but like when the Spirit Squad was released, it seemed like all of them just like retired, and I was like, God, these these were good wrestlers, you know. Well, I don't Kenny Dykstra right?
0: kind of stayed around a little bit? But a little bit. He,
1: well, but then, but then, just after he was released from WWE, like a couple months later, he he retired.
0: Yeah, I right? guess I, I bring up Kenny Dykstra because I felt like after the Spirit Squad, when he did his own singles thing, that it seemed like Ali's. It seemed like for me watching. <laughs> watching the product and hearing the announcers, it's like they didn't even take me seriously. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, if I Spirit
1: Squad member, a lot of, yeah. freaking
0: <laughs> At <laughs> least it like with Dol Ziggler, if you told me, like, what he first did. Well, I totally he was, forgot
1: he was in it, by the way. Yeah,
0: that's I was going to say that. If you would have told me when you first started as Dol Ziggler that he was part of the Spirit Squad, I wouldn't have even believed you. And that, you know, granted, you know, Dol Ziggler kind of had an off-again, on-again push, but... You never wouldn't realize that he was part of the Spirit Squad unless you unless you listen to podcasts like we do or Wikipedia him right. to kind of find out more about yeah.
1: him. Yeah, but I guess like my point is like I guess the biggest one for me is like Johnny Jeter. I thought he was a great wrestler, and especially and I know I'm going to sound like a big time like nerd, right? But watching his like. Uh, turn in OVW before they did the Spirit Squad and like that was awesome and he it looked like he had so much potential but I think he was one that again in that era whenever we were like 2006 or whatever he didn't look like what they wanted and that that goes back to our point earlier that, in the mid 2000s seems like if you weren't that look, you had a real <clears throat> uphill climb but which yeah, yeah, well I guess we said you said
0: it you know bothers us that body types are pretty similar nowadays in w w e yeah
1: well i would I would say though we're kind of turning from that Thanks, to be honest thankfully. with you like. You know, in the last, you know, couple of years we you know, Daniel Bryan is is definitely not that look. You Punk. Know, if you, yep, yep. Uh huh. If you look to NXT, yeah, you know Karen Kevin Steve. Owens isn't yeah. that look. Um uh Sami Zayn isn't that look. You know, the for the most part, those guys aren't that. Um, now we've yet to see if they're gonna be, you know, really the future. I guess Seth Rollins, that's another one. But um You know, we'll see, right? We'll see what to go from that.
0: Thinking of it, I just had a random thought while we were uh, chatting. You know how during at WrestleMania 11, how I talked about if you and I were wrapped up into (laughs) one person, we would be Jonathan Taylor Thomas. (laughs) You know, since he majored in history and philosophy. Oh, God, that's
1: right. That's right. That's right.
0: I was listening to the Steve Austin show last night at work. Okay, and I was thinking if you and I were wrapped up into one person, and a- as a professional wrestler, I found a second alter- alternative for us to be.
1: Okay, who's that?
0: Shane Douglas.
1: Oh God, I hate Shane Douglas. Gross, vomit, make me puke. I say
0: that because when Stone Cold is talking to him, I guess Shane Douglas graduated with, I guess, with a the degree in philosophy and history
1: yeah i remember i yeah he will he taught it he taught that was the point that's why he got the dean douglas character or whatever but no sorry no <laughs> i i can't stand him i guess you would rather us be jonathan taylor thomas that teen would i would rather be teen heartthrob th- th- teen jonathan taylor thomas yes
0: i guess i'll take that too <laughs> i would love to have tim allen as my tv daddy (laughs) (laughs) so i guess before we get to uh my main next main topic i look at my notes i get since you know we've talked about the podcast you're a teacher yeah i guess also don't want to get too into it but guess what got you interested in being a teacher
1: oh man uh Gosh, this is like an introspective, like Mr. Beverly Hills podcast. I like it. Um, Well, to be honest with you, like back in high school, like our guidance counselor was just like, when you think about a job, think about something that you want to do every day. And think about something that, uh, you know, when you wake up, you don't dread doing um and you know i thought about all the different things that kind of like i was into or whatever uh and just like the thing that i when i thought of what i wanted to do every day the thing i wanted to read is go to school and i mean like that's probably random and a lot of people are like holy crap what an idiot that makes me think of this one story we were in me and my friends were in iowa and we were getting a cab ride back to the hotel after a night of debauchery and karaoke singing and uh, the one of my friends uh, goes what's that building over there and the guy goes jail and he's, like, he's like what and he goes No, it's the school. Same thing, though. So I mean, like, I know that's, (laughs) I know it's not a prevailing thought across the globe, but you know that was I. I loved school, and I always have, and I, you know, I still do. Um, You know, and then just from there, I. I just thought of well, what would I like to you know do at school? And you know, a, a close second choice was janitor, but right above that was um, you know social studies teacher. I'm just mm-hmm. kidding, by the way. Much love to the janitors; though. they're my favorite people at school. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that's just where I kind of went from, and I never really you know varied on that from like. Um, being a high school junior, senior, you know, on through, I, I never really uh, stopped that thought, and, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I went and talked to some um, folks at at our lovely alma mater just a couple weeks ago in the in the teaching department, and one of them was like, you know, did you ever get like discouraged when you're looking for a job? And I was like, well, you know, no, because. Uh, I knew what I wanted to do and it was like the only thing I wanted to do. It's like I'm like the, hmm, I don't know, I guess so maybe like Daniel Bryan. <laughs> like I struggled on the indies for <laughs> several years before I was finally signed by the big leagues <laughs> and, uh, you know, taken taken to the job I wanted. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that's that's what it is. When you were talking about that,
0: it made me think about a great quote <laughs> from the School of Rock movie. Okay. Those who who can't do teach, those who can't teach, teach Phi or teach PE. You're rude. No, I guess I wanted to ask that because, you know, why, what got you into teaching? Because I don't think we ever talked about that when we were, when we were, uh, I guess, uh, floor mates in dorms. And I don't think we ever talked about that when we lived together for a semester. Yeah. To be honest, from, Ice from my end, I very greatly enjoy I guess the the teacher side of Mr Beverly Hills during the podcast because <laughs> at times well I, it's not a hidden hidden secret on the podcast. Uh, I work pretty much overnights and you know, I wake up early for us to record the podcast. It's nice yeah, to it's have real. you you know, especially knowing that I'm tired to help you have you help carry carry me if I'm Tired, <laughs> kind I of can't really formulate my thoughts correctly or greatly. That you would help pick it up and like, hey, this is what I think you're trying to say. And
1: <laughs> what you- well, that's that's a big part of teaching is to is to look at what people are trying to say. Or, or you know, really really good teachers are the ones that can say things ten different ways to ten different kids. But to what you were saying before, this is all I have to say. When you're weary feeling small when tears are in your eyes. I'm the one to call. <laughs> I'm the bridge over troubled water for you. God, geez, I just fell Oh just my, my nose. Shelf. Oh, my lord. <laughs> um, <God. laughs> it's the second week in a row something fell off my shelf. Beverly, are you trying to throw a pen at my <laughs> this, finger on <or> my nose? This <laughs> this this fell off this fell off my shelf and almost hit me right in the face <laughs> out of the park. <laughs> Gosh, after that like nice discussion, freaking Harold Bain's action figure falls off the shelves, takes me out. I think uh, the powers that be up in our
0: park, wrestling podcast uh, heaven wants us to get back on topic.
1: I guess. I guess. Why you stop singing? But I guess, at uh, least for, for me,
0: Mr. Beverly Hills,
1: I have to <laughs> open
0: up a can of main event status mill yellow because last weekend I uh, sent you, uh, I guess, a six minute clip. Uh, from Wrestling Observer Radio back, uh, let's see. That's the
1: main event now? We, I thought there were other things we were going to talk about. Yes, there is, but I kinda, I guess I want oh, get, to okay. get to that right now. <laughs> okay, sorry, so, my bad, my bad, my I,
0: bad. I'm just excited, Mr. Beverly Hills. I want oh, to get to it. I apologize. I uh, apologize. I sent you a six-minute clip from
1: yeah, <laughs> yes. Wrestling
0: Observer Radio from April 15th 2015, where Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer had former wrestler Lance Storm on, and they – I guess the main topic was you know like chair shots and concussions, and I enjoyed that enjoyed that discussion so much that I emailed you and I emailed Brian to see if I could use like a six minute clip to play during our podcast, knowing that we're gonna do this mid event status extra or mid event status or mid event extra and all that. And which you know I sent you the clip and yeah it's from yeah April fifteenth. You know you guys can check it out dot com. But yeah, I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on cherry shots and concussions. But first, let's take a quick—I guess let's take a quick breather for we can put the six-minute audio clip in right now.
2: Were there other guys in ECW that kind of took the same stand you did, where it was sort of like I'm not taking the shot balls? Um,
3: I don't think anybody did. Um, see, I was fortunate in that I was working in Japan and ECW was my side gig. And I'm like, this ain't worth it. Um, I think there's a lot of guys in ECW that didn't have other jobs. Um, I don't think anybody liked them, um, and a lot of guys would try to get their hands up, although and you've got the issue of you know getting your hand broken or your forearm broken if he catches you with an edge. Um, but I was I was never a big fan of balls. Um, We're just two very different people, and even in ECW, he rubbed me the wrong way. And just the thought of, I'm not getting injured to get him over. Um, So I was just, there's no way. And I've taken some balls, will chair shots, but it's like I put my hands up. And also, after I complained to Paul, I didn't have to take him very much after that.
2: You know, one thing that I remember from that era of ECW, it used to really get me uncomfortable, even though it got over every single time I saw it, was um, Masato Tanaka, um, you know who was a absolutely tremendous worker you know one of the most underrated workers i think of the last 25 years and he would take these shots and i guess for whatever reason he he could or or he whatever it was to show how tough he was but i just and it it was he would take you know like the 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 ones where he would take two or three before he would go down and they were ridiculously hard and I just, I, it just made me so uncomfortable to watch it. And it always, you know, the crowd would just go crazy when he would not go down, not go down, then he'd finally go down. And then he would pop up with that, you know, that Japanese fighting spirit and everything. But I was just like, you know, even then it's just like, he's taken, these are these are too hard. I think when the shot gets so hard that you know, you know, there's, there's a point where you know that it's just, it, it can't be good for you. Because again, you know, like, I mean, the thing when I grew up watching pro wrestling here, I mean, I don't remember chair shots to the head. Um, I remember um, I, I remember occasional chair shots to the head that were pulled and very clearly pulled and didn't look good. But but they were sold like you knocked the guy out. Or I remember harder, harder shots to the back like they do now that were. Um, but even then, they weren't they weren't like the things that would make you uh um, uncomfortable or anything like that, or um, you know, you were you would really fear that this is this you know you could really hurt the guy. Um, you know, it, it made contact and all that, but it's like I I wasn't used to. I mean, I watched wrestling for years and years, and I wasn't used to what I would call a chair shot to the head that that made me uncomfortable. And then in the nineties, I was I was seeing it all the time. You know, it's funny. Yeah. This is uh, oh, go ahead, Lance, and I want to bring something up.
3: Yeah, I, I was there when Masato was doing all that. And yeah, I thought they were insane, but I wasn't as uncomfortable because he was the one asking to take the abuse himself. I know, but still, Balls was Ball, well, no—it it doesn't smart. It's not smart, but at least he decided to get over um, at his own detriment, where Balls was expecting you to take the detriment to get him over. Yeah. But I do know that Masato's neck ended up getting really bad from those, um, because there was a point where it was his gimmick, but he's like, I can't do them anymore. And I know there was a, a few times on pay-per-view where they, um, you know, you get the two two pivot points in the chair, so when the seat folds down, it opens it up, and they'd have to shear the one rivet off each side so that the seat would basically just swing so that he could still take a chair shot without actually having any weight behind
2: If him. only they'd started that earlier.
3: Yeah, but I, I know his neck was so bad that he said, I can't take any more hits on the top of the head. And it was the Balls-Mahoney feud where he decided to get over with the fighting spirit and the chair shot, and it was from balls, and they were, they were very sickening. But it, it, just one last thing before I let Brian go. Um, when you, you were talking about, you know, you saw the occasional chair shot to the head, and it, you know, it was pulled. It, it you know, goes back to barely legal when I hit Rob Van Dam with safe chair shot, that if it was any other place but ECW, they probably would have been viewed as just a standard chair shot um but because of the standard of ecw it's like the building you know you know they booed me out of the building for them and to this day 18 years later i still give you like, what was with those you know wimpy chair shots. and i just joke it's like i was ahead of my time i wasn't willing to give people concussions <laughs> yeah. but um yeah e- ecw um was a lot of where the the stiff style really came I know japan too the japanese strong style was a uh, a detriment to health for sure go ahead brian
2: do you remember maybe it's just me but i took very very few chair shots in my lifetime probably kind of on one hand and virtually all of them were from tim flowers and he is pretty good at swinging a chair he i mean he didn't hit you very hard but i do remember that that before the thing that i always heard if you were going to take a chair shot was make sure you take it with like the the above your forehead which is like the the hardest part of the skull. Do you remember hearing that when when you were coming up?
3: Um, I was never taught how to do them. Um, I just, as things went on, I decided to, you know, figure out where I thought things were safer. And, again, I I, I remember it wasn't even just chair shots. It was in WB when they started banning moves for injuries. Um, And I actually suggested to someone on the creative team that we should just ban shitty workers. It'd be a lot safer. Um, (laughs) And that's where, again, and I lecture my students and I show them if if you're ever required to take one of these, this is the safe way to do it. Because if you get a hand up, and again, I always aim for my forehead so if I do get hit, it's where you'd headbutt somebody where it's firm in case you do get hit. But if you time it well and you're bumping away when it gets there, there's no actual steel to skull impact, um, which is the way the industry used to be.
0: So that was the clip, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed it, Mister yeah. Beverly Hills. I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on chair shots and all that. Uh, in the clip, Brian and Dave right. and Lance were Prince talk about you know ch- you know taking chair shots to the head, and yeah, how it wasn't really that popular back in the '80s and all that. Then in ECW, it became popular and sure. Oh yeah, Lance said that in ECW, he got a lot of flack for doing a soft chair shot to RVD, and if anywhere else, mm. people would have thought it was just a regular chair shot. I guess, right. what's your thoughts on chair shots and, I guess, the way it's
1: hardcore wrestling? Okay, well, okay. So my first thought, I think, like, my first takeaway from that clip is, like, um that I I really believe that You know, wrestling is kind of a dance, you know, and you need to work with your partner. And I think it's ridiculous and dangerous and crazy that someone would do chair shots to the head of their opponent without clearing it with them. And uh, Lance talked uh, pretty extensively that uh, when he worked, yeah, when he worked with Boz Mahoney, Boz Mahoney would just hit him in the head without clearing it and I think that's just insane and if somebody did that to me I probably I probably would ask not to either work with them or ask to you know them get a stiff talking to cuz I don't know I could imagine like you know their your your life is in their hands and for them to just kind of do what they want I think it's crazy
0: yeah that I yeah that I guess as a fan that I enjoy church, chair I guess, I, I guess as a high spot, a chair shot.
1: Yeah. You know, if, it's a way to really amp it up is yeah. kind of what I thought. You know, I guess like
0: what Brian was saying that, you know, perch get hit on the, I think right, right above the, the forehead, so I assume like right on the, the hairline and all that because that's the thickest part of the head and sure. all that, but, you know, get hit up there, you know, if you can't put a hand or arm up, you might break a hand, break a wrist, break an arm, but... I guess as a fan, to me, it's more realistic putting a putting a hand up to help protect your head yeah instead of yeah. like an u c w you got you know chanted you know profanity if you if you <laughs> did yeah because to me like I said, it seems more realistic to help kind of protect protect yourself by putting your hand up mm-hmm. to yeah i guess a chair shot,
1: yeah, and when I looked at or when I listened to that clip or whatever the the other takeaway i got was like um it's I, it seems as if and i'm glad that we're going this it it uh it seems as if we're getting away from these really kind of like bloodthirsty fans that are you know wanting you know whatever but you know that was a it was a kind of logical um evolution of the wrestling fan you know from the 80s to the 90s uh you know we had a very kind of cartoony um product in the 80s and people rebelled against that and you know as it seems as if we're going from the late 2000s into the 2010s that uh, it's changing more uh, it seems as if kind of more prevalent is the idea that uh we want athletes i guess than like the realism of you know violence and chair shots uh i don't know but it seems like the, you know the other thing like you mentioned like the chance and and whatnot and if it looked like a crappy chair shot that's uh, yeah i don't know i guess like i don't know what i'm trying to say but like the fans wanting wanting a lot there
0: yeah that to me that i'm okay with like a I guess a chair shot to the gut to kind of hurl the guy over the yeah. chair shot to the back to me that should pretty much take out take the guy out pretty pretty good to set up if not yeah. to be the finish to set up to the guy's finisher and the end of the match.
1: <laughs> and
0: I know Lance kind of talked about it too in the clip that I feel like you know if you're gonna take chair shots like that or any other weapon shots you should take help take care of your opponent because like you said it's your, your livelihood, you know, yeah. like that. you guys are both there to make money to you know, feed your family and all that to Yeah. Make a, you know, livelihood. So why take that away away from yeah. each other and try to, you know, screw up their neck in the, in the long run. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I guess, don't know. What, so I agree with you.
0: I guess what's your thoughts on, I guess, kind of like on a week, you did say that we're getting kind of away from the hard, the hardcore, hardcore slash garbage wrestling, but I guess it, it what, seems that way. I don't know. I guess what did you enjoy the
1: hardcore wrestling back in the day when it was happening? Um. Well, I mean, I was younger, right? Uh, but I I have never really been into like blood and gut stuff. I'm I'm more like and I'm gonna sound like a fool or whatever. I'm more like the uh, like the WWF hardcore stuff, like garbage cans and yeah. <laughs> your crap like that, rather than like real like real hardcore stuff. I've never been a been a super fan of that, and okay, I, was, I don't know.
0: I was to say you? that one of my favorite matches probably has to be the Triple H versus Cactus Jack Street fight from the Royal Rumble 2000. Okay, you know just because. Cactus Jack, Mick Foley helped put Triple H over as a legit main eventer and as a WWF champion. I guess in other matches like, I guess the I Quit match between Man, kind of The Rock from Royal Rumble 90, 1999, or the, the famous Hell in a Cell match between Taker and Man, kind of at Kingdom of the Rain 98. Those matches, even back then, were hard for me to watch and sit through because I guess you, you can tell that stuff like that could hurt, did hurt, and wasn't fully planned out, I
1: guess. But now the key to those things, why you know, you, you like them, I think, in my opinion, like because I like those matches too, but the thing about those is there was a really, really logical progression and storyline that led to these matches. You know, they had normal matches that couldn't, that didn't end cleanly. Or in the case of the Cactus Jack Triple H 1 mankind wasn't winning the title so his logical progression was to bring back the crazy man cactus jack or whatever so i if it makes sense in the storyline that's fine you know and if it's built up that's cool i can watch it it's like when I think about things like the Tournament of Death or whatever, you know, if, and just randomly p- people are put together and they draw out of the hat that they're going to have a freaking light tube match, you know, like crap like that. That's what I'm talking about that I can't handle. Okay, so I know
0: a while back, I want to say a while back, probably like 2007, 2008, I bought a, I think, kind of a deathmatch tournament DVD. The one It's oh a famous, I guess, infamous a Jack versus Terry Funk match. Okay. And I watched. I think I don't even think I watched the full show. I think I just watched the Catch Jack Terry Funk match with a bunch of uh, Christian friends that you know that I, I had in college, and I felt uncomfortable <laughs> just putting on that one match and like, okay, I think I'm gonna get rid of this DVD <laughs> now. Like, Over. Yeah hilarious they knew i'm a big wrestling fan and like i didn't you know some of them didn't mind coming over to a monday nights to watch wrestling with us but like <laughs> even, even that way i felt like it's too much like oh my god so it made me feel uncomfortable I'm <laughs> like yeah i think i need to draw the line on matches like this because even if i watch it by myself i would feel uncomfortable Comfortable just watching that I guess by myself or even for us to review it, I would feel uncomfortable doing
1: that. Right. Right. It's just not so much my style. Yeah, That's I just, guess
0: I guess something that is my style is ring my bell because that is just too much. <laughs> You're too much. Gorilla. Gorilla, you are too much and give me a
1: break. <laughs> <laughs> You're beautiful, man.
0: I guess what's? Do you have another talking point?
1: I do. I do. Um. Oh gosh. Okay, there it is. Um. My. Yeah. My next one. I think this might be my last one. Okay. Then I got oh, one more. Oh, I, you know. What? Sorry. What? I did. I did want to just like throw in. Like just a few thoughts. Is that Hulk Hogan riding uh, on his hardly? Oh my gosh, I hope so. With the American flag in the background. <laughs> while real Americans playing, I wish. Big it, big um, <laughs> just in general, with Lance Storm. Um, now, I feel like this thought would be exponentially risen if I still subscribe to F4W, but... I'm I'm kind of sick of him and I don't really care about this role he has as like this high horse elder statesman who like well, well i get to decide what's okay and uh well i never did that because uh i'm above that and you know whatever it i, I don't know i mean he just why does he get to decide like what is and what isn't okay, I, so i don't know that's frustrating I, I guess
0: did it bother you that i sent you that 6 minute clip to
1: listen to and
0: for us to oh talk god about no
1: it? no 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 god no not at all not at all that's totally fine, and the su- no because the subject is what it is. Like the su- the subject is still a good talking point. And it's still something that should be chatted about. No, not at all. It just in listening to it, I'm just like, oh, Lance. Like this is so Lance. He just because that's just him, right? Like he gets to be like, oh, well, I wouldn't even get involved in that. When uh, let's think about the fact that a major point in Lance's career's. Uh, in last storm's career, was him pretending that he had a big schlong. Yeah,
0: Kay? fair enough. He yeah.
1: was, he's just because you're retired, you don't get to be like, well, I'm, oh God, I would never do that. And when Balls Mahoney hit me with the chair, I went to Paul we never worked that again. You know, <laughs> like, okay, well, now that you're retired, you can basically say what you want. But I mean, like, I don't know. I wish he, he just comes across a little snooty, a little, um, I don't know. Kind of like I, he's he's better than this. I guess I can see where you're see where you're coming
0: from. Yeah, but do you feel like it's just be just because it's? Do you feel like the way Lance carries himself? Yes, is what makes you feel that way
1: about him. Correct, hundred percent. Okay. That. It okay. is the way that is the way he carries himself, and that's why. Uh, yes. Okay, okay, I and yes, and it's totally could just be me. That's fine. I'm just saying this is just my thought. Of I him. guess
0: after you mentioned that, I guess I can kind of see where you're coming from on how he, yeah, just how he, I guess his word choosing and all that, and how he pronunciates his words and all that. I guess <laughs> I can see where you're coming from on how he can seem like he he carries himself off like yeah holier than thou kind of thing
1: yeah he does he does come yes that is a perfect way to put it and i don't know like i said it might just be me but it, he comes across that like uh, i don't know like he hates everything in wrestling uh, and uh, he's too good for it but come on bro true we're in it
0: that's if, I guess, if,
1: you, I if you don't like it like do go to something else go play volleyball or whatever or to go train, <laughs> go train people to be a professional wrestler, Lance Storm. Yeah, but also tell them not to shoplift so they get de-pushed so badly. <laughs> I Did guess. he ever talk about that on air? I think
0: a little bit, but I don't remember <laughs> at all what he said about that. But all Emma, right.
1: acc- shoplifting, whatever. <laughs> oh, accidentally, accidentally whatever. Accidentally, whatever. God, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He, he, teaches okay, I just, uh, he teaches people to
0: wrestle. He teaches people to wrestle, gorilla, not uh not yeah. ethics or anything like that, gorilla. It, oh,
1: yeah, right. I bet if you ask him he'd be like, Oh, one of the key things I teach is how to how to yeah. live ethically and, and that's my Canadian way and that's my yeah. last way.
0: That's incorrect, Gorilla. He said it could be <laughs> just in the Mario Ventura, south <laughs> of the border in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the the taco stand in Tijuana.
1: <laughs> Amazing, okay, um so my last one is just um I just misused talent, and I just wrote misuse talent now and then um what when looking back or looking at now, can you think of a couple wrestlers that you really think for whatever reason, maybe you know nefarious reason, maybe just they fell through the cracks really were kind of missed the boat by, uh, in any promotion.
0: Okay. I got two idea, two people that I thought of, of at least back then. I might get scolded, but let me explain.
1: No, go for it. First, I, one, first I, one is... I bet I'm going to be like, right on.
0: First one is Cactus Jack. not okay. Not Mankind, not Dude Love, not okay. Mick Foley the, the person, but right. the character Cactus Jack. I... One of, my favorite, yeah, sure. one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views was How and Havoc 1993 with the main event of Vader oh, versus sure. Cactus Jack in a Texas Deathmatch. Okay. Uh, and, you know, like I said, with the Triple H, okay. Cactus Jack feud, I loved Cac- Cactus Jack. I loved okay. that, you know, he was willing to do anything he had to, I guess, to be the absolute best he can be and try to get the World Heavyweight title.
1: Sure. So yeah. So cactus, early '90s cactus Jacks.
0: Yes. Sure. Guess, I guess. I wish. I wish I would have saw the early '90s cactus Jack in the WWE. Okay. Okay. Huh. And then my yeah. second guy, I guess, in the WWF would have been Big Van Vader. Oh yeah. That's. Oh God. That's so.
1: Oh. Granted, you know, it's been documented. I bowed out. That, that is such
0: a good one. I guess you know it's been documented that Sean kind of had his hissy fits and had. Yeah, the stroke that he had back then. But I wish I would have, I would have loved to see the way as the '93 Vader come into the '95, '96, '97 WWF and take the WWF title, of hell, even at WrestleMania 13, have Shawn Michaels defeat Vader for the right. world title again right. after Vader taking it from from the, during the summer before, and Michaels having to climb climb up the mountain once again to defeat the big mountain man on top to take back the world title.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, right. one of our favorite
0: I, pay-per-views that you and I have watched was Star King 93 with Vader and Flair and yes, how we yes, loved the, yes. the back uh, backstage segments with Vader, you know, with Harley racing and sweatpants and his Riviera steakhouse jacket <laughs> training and all that. That, I, that kind of Vader I yes. loved
1: yes 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 i re- oh god i remember that one that was awesome <laughs> i guess yeah like at least back then
0: those are the two guys i guess i wish we would have s- were either held down slash misused or i guess i wish if i could go back and change time like we tried to do last week with the rebook in WWE, yeah. i wish i would have loved to see something different out of those two guys back in the 90s
1: Man, those are some good ones, especially since I just put you on the spot. Those are—that's an awesome answer, that Vader answer. I, I Considering guess, that I brought it up, I couldn't even think. I know. guess. Go
0: ahead. I guess Gorilla for this podcast, it should be mid event status extra. Everything ties back to catches Jack and Big Van Vader.
1: <laughs> yeah. So for my answers on it, I guess like the reason I thought of this is I was just scrolling through my Twitter feed. And I saw a picture of Biggie Langston. I think he's right now. Is in very close um, danger of being that and being the the guy who we look at in 15 years and go, gosh, that was really a talent that got wasted. Um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. We'll I, see if. Okay. I guess
0: uh, here's I, a thought. I think this feud happened right on the time we lived together. But what about okay. Kofi Kingston?
1: Oh, with yeah. oh, him and Orton, yeah. Because yeah. I felt like that same yep. thing
0: happened with him, that Orton approach had a hissy fit like Michaels used to do, and that approach cut Kofi at the legs.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but yeah, that was that time when um, it seemed like they were trying a few different things. And Now, I can't remember the other ones, but that was one of them. And that was one where, where it seemed like he got nothing in that um, – not nothing in in that feud. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know there. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. The, the thing with, sorry, the thing with Kingston is I really wish he would just kind of like, uh, clean. I think he'd have to clean up his style a little bit, tighten up a little bit. Um, he has the tendency of being a little messy, I guess. But, um, yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else I'm thinking. Like when I think back, you know who was really a standout. Guess, you know, Vader was a really good one. I guess. Kind of think of it like
0: nowadays. What what what's your thoughts on Dean Ambrose?
1: Uh yeah, I I I don't like what they're doing with him right now. I think his character is really kind of messy. Um, I don't get it. Uh, do you feel like it's, he's, it's yeah. Like you said about Biggie, do you feel like? Uh, Ambrose is getting kind of to the fine line, too, of being yes. in the danger zone. Yes, and I'm almost afraid that it's crossed. I almost feel like we're at the point where we're not going to be able to ever pull him back to, like, main event um, okay. level. I don't, I don't, and that's I, too bad because I think... Sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I, I was just saying, I saw a stat on Twitter, I think within, within the last 24 hours, that I think in the last, like, 10 pay-per-views or something like that, Dean Ambrose is 0 for 9. Oh, wow. In, in other words, he hasn't had a pay-per-view victory since the Shield broke up last May.
1: Whoa. Whoa. So
0: I guess that's why I wanted to bring up Dean Ambrose to kind of get your thoughts on, is he in the danger zone, or is he past the danger zone through the video scope and unable to be brought back <laughs> from the, through the video scope out of the danger zone in into event status?
1: Yeah, I would almost say he's... He, I would be afraid that he's almost gone too far, uh, that he's played this kind of goof troop gimmick a little too far. He's like, you, like wow, I didn't even know, but like you said, lost a lot. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think I read somewhere that, like, because um, Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper had a match either this week or last week, or I don't know where I read it, and the person who wrote that, like, Luke Harper is when Dean Ambrose looks at Luke Harper, he sees what he could have been, or something <laughs> like that. You know, like they, like because when you look, they almost dress the same, they act similar, whatever, and that, um, you know, he's getting kind of this like solid push, whatever. They're not making him do this kind of weird stuff where they did do that with uh, Dean Ambrose, and I, I see that. And I don't know if he needs something different. He needs a um, uh, repackaging or something. But, yeah, I, I do think he's almost too far gone at this point. Uh,
0: okay, yeah, which, which I can see. I guess kind of tied in with, I guess I just thought of kind of tied in with uh, chair shots and concussions aspect discussion we had a couple minutes ago. I guess what's your thought? Have you been kind of following what's going on with Daniel Bryan? Uh, Just very little. Okay, I guess uh, it sounds like there's worries again that he may may have had another concussion in his neck and all that isn't fully healed as expected. I guess what's your thoughts on, well, I guess it's like compared to even 10, 15 years ago that wrestling is trying to take care of their, their wrestlers a lot better than before. But I guess what's your thoughts on... Kind of ways, yeah. it's kind of rushing, even as fans, us wanting to have rushing the wrestlers back sooner than what yeah. probably should be.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's a combination of everybody wanting to rush back. Uh, yes, us fans love, you know, love him and would love to see him back as soon as possible. Um, you know, Dan O'Brien himself seems like a person who, uh, for good or bad or otherwise, doesn't maybe put his health at the forefront. Um, we know that, yeah, sometimes different companies will want people when they want them, regardless of their, you know, kind of availability. Um, yeah, I think it's a combo of all that.
0: Yeah. That, so yeah, yeah I, guess, I don't know the saga. Kind of, I, I'm a big Daniel Bryan fan, but I guess I'm more of a fan that I want the guy to stay at home and to be healed up and all that. And I want, the WWE or whatever company that guy's working for to yeah. have a great so storyline for that. him to come back and have, a, I guess, a way I ice a long-term plan, if not a ice a six-mile plan on bringing him back. And it seems like right. WWE didn't even have that for him. But mm-hmm. What yeah. sucks because it seems like now that after WrestleMania, people really don't seem like they care too much about Daniel Bryan like they used to when they brought him back for the Rumble. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's stuff. like booking decisions. I don't know. I haven't watched anything since Rumble, so I wouldn't know. But okay, well, I yeah. guess I've just been
0: watching the pay per views. But okay. I guess just kind of listening, listening to podcast reviews on uh, weekly thing. Just kind of seem like his uh, stardom has been kind of falling down since. so like he might be injured again. Might be gone for who knows how long. Yeah.
1: So sure, sure. Well, then there's always like yeah, I th- I've heard people you know talk about this like possible you know guilt in. Uh, like a fan guilt in liking him because it's like, well, you know, the more we like him, the more he wants to keep coming back. <laughs> and like, do we as fans have a responsibility to, um, you know, like say, stop, you know, that kind of thing. Like say, don't do this anymore. And by cheering them, are we, are we encouraging this kind of like kind of reckless stuff? I don't know. That's just, I think it's just kind of a question that's,
0: I guess that could also be something that we can kind of hammer out and maybe talk about on, on whenever we do this mid event extra again, some, some down the road. Yeah. But uh, do you have, do you have any more topics before I get to my last topic?
1: No, you can go for it.
0: Okay. I kind of hinted about this before we started recording gorilla. Okay. But I want to get your thoughts on conspiracies and such. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Here's my thoughts on conspiracies. And I'm just going to say it just very simply. A lot of times, I'd say 99% of time, the most... The simplest explanation is the most factual. And uh, when we start thinking, you making this I picture like this big web with like connecting uh, strings to the push pins, and oh, well, this happened, then this happened, (laughs) and you know, it goes all the way to the top and like stuff like that. I think about, you know, I go back to that statement, I go, the simplest explanation is probably the most accurate. I guess I that's wa- my that's my thought on most conspiracies. I guess
0: I wanted to ask you about that since you're obviously a history teacher. Yeah, and yeah. How it seemed like, you know, with Edir- Edward Edward Snowden and other yeah. you know whistleblowers and all that. Right. I guess that's kind of with different things, but I guess how it seemed like that. The victors always write history, you know. Even yes, the, oh, WWE, that's true. There's re, WWE with wrestling, you know, with our podcast or whatever else. I guess I'm interested on getting your thoughts on different different things like that because no, you're. I guess like just because we're the spot you're in, I guess I'm just kind of sure. interested on things like that on getting your no, your perspective. You know what, that's,
1: a, that's a really no. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. That's something that. Uh, um that's really something that's really in the teaching. We've talked about education so much in this podcast, but in, in like the, the teaching community or whatever is like, um, the, the, the thought you said about the, the Victor writing history or whatever. And, um, right now, you know, cause I teach AP US history and a new curriculum came out this year and, Um, One of the things is it's teaching or it wants to teach a lot more about what could be perceived as the losers. Okay. Um, Women, minorities, um, Native Americans, things like that. And focusing a lot on maybe the not so clean, the not so nice things that have happened that our government has done or our military, whatever, whatever. And, Many people you know there 's a big debate on both sides, especially on the side that says you know we are the winners, we should be able to tell talk about how awesome we are, talk about you know that we 're great what you know all that right so that does get to the point where well if if we always do that, does the real story get told, and like what you 're talking about you know when we talk about his, when we talk about like conspiracies or whatever in 200 years if we always talk about us as the winners and never talk about the bad things at and by that point will the the things that we know as truth will they be treated as conspiracy if we don't keep talking about them now yeah you know okay. what I mean like I think you know
0: yeah I guess in uh, in your curriculum do you talk about such things as 9 11 and the JFK assassination, and the possible, I guess, conspiracies and all that tied in, tied in with both events.
1: Um, you know, with the with the JFK one, I just kind of say that, like, they're kind of like what I said to you, you know, that the overwhelming evidence points to, you know, lone gunmen, um, and whatnot but that there are conspiracies and if you want and if you want to learn about it go look it up <laughs> i you know i encourage i encourage them i go go look it up you know if you there are you know there can be inconsistencies and you know i remember when i was in college i had a professor who was very very interested in the 9-11 conspiracies and um i don't know some of them some of them have question marks sure but like uh, for the most part, like I said, the most simple explanation is oftentimes the most correct one. Um, but I I always always try to tell my kids to question. And whatever level of questioning that takes you to, if that takes you to the point of being a conspiracy theory nutjob, well, that's <laughs> fine. I'm <laughs> just, just playing with you. But... That and I always, you know, I from my seventh graders to my 12th graders, I go question everything. Question me, like, you know, I'm no oracle, I know, you know, I'm not 100% true. The book's not 100% true, the news is certainly not 100% true. Like, do your own research, find, you know, find your own stuff. Like, that, you know, and I think that's the most key.
0: I guess I appreciate that because I said in the podcast that. Uh, I listen to podcasts like Jesse Ventura's podcast and <laughs> another guy, John B. Wells, who is I'm not that far. <laughs> who well John B. Wells used to host Coast to Coast AM on oh, okay. or, yeah, on Saturday nights and kinda okay. does kinda of paranormal uh not like kinda news news on podcast, but kinda of not not the popular news and all that. Or,
1: okay. Kind of like an alternative, uh, yeah, alternative news. Alternative
0: news and all that and both okay. I guess kind of a line that I pulled from both of them was uh be vigilant and eyes up always. Yes. Kind of, yes. you know, yeah, you know, approach question everything and always yep. yeah, keep your eyes open and, and, and yeah, like you said, question everything and all that that okay. I don't feel like you we could be a good citizen well, for us in the United States and other people elsewhere if you're listening to this outside the United States, you know, question like you said, question things yeah. on yep. on if you if if you're told something in does it seem right? Like you, you, tell your students go and do your own research on it. Yep. You know, go yep. find out what you actually think is is true. And yeah, go do some dirty oh, to tie it back with the podcast. <laughs> do some dirty
1: little research. In yeah. The hills. <laughs> Yeah, and I almost I almost have to like flip it because like my kids, they do they get their news from not reputable sources, i.e., Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they all come and they go. Oh my God, Mister V did you know that the Statue of Liberty is a hologram or like, you know, something like really stupid like that. Right. I mean, I don't, I've actually not heard that one, but you know, the really dumb stuff. And I go, well, where did you hear that? And they go, Oh, I saw it on Facebook. And I go, okay, what was the site? And you know, like that's, that's the type of things that I like try to yeah, check your sources. Try to do. Did, I, did I reveal my name by the way on just then? Well, you said Mister <laughs> V,
0: so you ne- kind of know. Mister Mr. Like,
1: Beverly, right? Yes, Mister mis- Beverly, Mister
0: Hills. <laughs> but I guess kind of tied in with one. I got last, caught up. <laughs> I guess kind of tied in with of uh, conspiracies conspiracies and such. Okay. I guess, what's your thoughts on Bigfoot and aliens?
1: Uh, if we haven't found them yet. What, what what's to believe you know we have found everything on earth right like it seems how have we not found Bigfoot you know what I mean like that's my thought I, I agree with you on
0: that yeah. but I always find it interesting to hear people talk about Bigfoot because yeah like I said I listen to paranormal paranormal talk shows podcasts throughout the week off and on and I guess it's interesting to hear you know people's encounters with Bigfoots, Big feet, and if you want yeah, to,
1: and if you want to have some fun, if you want to have some fun, go to YouTube and type in. Let's see if I get it right. Bigfoot in Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> it's this guy recounting his story of <laughs> of dealing with this bigfoot in Kentucky. He's like, I. I'm, Rough talked him, and I said, "Get, get, <laughs> yeah." So that,
0: yeah. I guess I wanted to bring that. Ways to bring that up is, it's like nowadays, we want. I guess, like in ways, in terms of Bigfoot or aliens, that we want a dead body, but it seemed yeah. like back, I don't know, like two thousand years ago, we were okay with people's eye I you no know, firsthand eyewitness testimony yeah I guess kind of what's your thoughts on seemingly things like that changing over time
1: uh i well, I think it's just that like because we have the ability to get evidence, we want evidence like the easier it is to get evidence, we want that to be used i think it's kind of, you know it's kind of what I mean you know, like it's so easy. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, like, why why haven't we have gotten any real evidence? It's pretty darn easy. So, yeah, that's my thought, I guess. Yeah,
0: fair enough. So I guess we might as well do our plugs for the podcast. You guys can listen to us at our website, com. Again, it's com. You guys can also listen to us on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com backslash studio. Again, it's soundcloud.com backslash mid-event radio. You guys can talk to us, interact with us socially on Facebook, where Mr. Beverly Hills hates when his students talk to him about that as a source. <laughs> you guys can talk to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mid-event radio. That's all one word, facebook.com slash mid-event radio. You guys can also talk to us on a Twitter machine. Beverly, yep. how can they talk to you on Twitter? Uh,
1: Beverly Hills, M-E-S.
0: You guys can talk to me on the Twitter at Dirty Dog Mes. That's Dog <laughs> as in D-A-W-G, D-A-W-G Dirty Dog Mes and Mister Beverly Hills. Do you have any final thoughts? No, this is fun though. So for next week, Beverly Hills, we are starting our summer Sizzling Series <laughs> of the Summer of WCW, baby. Yes, and we start our first mini-series within the big series on the death of world championship wrestling. You got it. Yeah. I read the first chapter already, Mr. Beverly Hills. You saw my notes. You know I'm excited.
1: Yep. Yeah, thought well, that's good stuff, man.
0: So, for Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll catch you guys next time on Native Status Radio.
1: The truth is out there.
3: <laughs> and I really like that. That's that is our show. That-